Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I may have noticed from Sunday, but especially this evening, uh, in the departed we have been remembering Metropolitan Theodosius, who was the former primate for the Orthodox Church in America. We also have added two other names to that, Metropolitan Amphilohe, who was um, a hierarch in the Serbian church. He served uh, as Metropolitan from Montenegro, and he died from complications of COVID-19. Then there's also Metropolitan uh, Maximus, who was uh, in the Greek Archdiocese here and served uh, as the Metropolitan for the Metropolis of Pittsburgh. So... Uh, his successor being Metropolitan Salas, who we kind of joke around as the Metropolitan of Facebook, uh, as in he's active on Facebook and is, will have a lot of conversations there. But I especially want um, to draw attention to Metropolitan Amphilohe for just a moment. Uh, sidebar real quick. I also added to uh, the living uh, prayers for Patriarch Irenae, who is the Patriarch of the Serbian Church, as he uh, is, um, has tested positive for COVID-19 and starting to show signs for it, etc. So he's an elderly man, so keep him in our prayers. Um, there's been various hierarchs throughout the different churches and the Orthodox world. Uh, in Russia, they lost a few bishops um, from complications of COVID-19. And I believe Romanian, the Romanian church has also lost a bishop from complications of COVID-19. So it's not just an American phenomenon or... Etc. So, why Metropolitan Amphilohe? A few, well, I was in seminary a few years ago. It's starting to be a few years ago now. Um, I was blessed to be able to participate or help out, more specifically, not participate, but help, uh, in the Council of Crete, where there was uh, a gathering of Orthodox uh, hierarchs and synods throughout the world. Some, uh, this is kind of an infamous synod because some of uh, the bishops didn't show up. Uh, But we were there for a whole week beforehand, and there was, as there is in any family situation, that's how I would talk about the Orthodox Church, uh, there's tensions, right? Uncle so-and-so had an issue with the other uncle last Thanksgiving, and so there needs to be something needs to happen before we sit down to dinner, like they need to figure it out. (laughs) And so maybe that needs to be on the porch or something, right? So this is the way life is. This is the way life is in the church sometimes. There's conflict, uh, and that conflict needs to be um, handled through humility, through patience, through forgiveness, etc. So, in the run-up to this uh, gathering, there was the Serbian church, which Metropolitan Amphilohe was the representative for the Serbian church, uh, in the kind of run-up to the Council of Crete, to see if the Serbian church would, would join in uh, the conversation, uh, the actions and decisions of the Council of Crete. And Metropolitan Amphilohe, he, when you're around a whole, whole lot of uh, cassocks, flowing cassocks, it starts to all become uh, the same thing. You imagine here at St. Anne's, you, you see a few clergy, maybe you see the bishop every once in a while, maybe you see a few priests at a diocesan event with the bishop, but it's a very strange event when there's more bishops than there are priests around, and it just changes the dynamic a bit. But Metropolitan Amphilohe always cut a very 
this word gets abused, but pious, he seemed very aware, very uh, in control of himself, centered, uh, aware, um, attentive. And there was a lot of strife going into this synod meeting for Crete. And in Metropolitan Amphilohe, it was very well known throughout the Orthodox world for being uh, very theologically astute. He had been a student of Saint Justin Popovich, uh, who was a recently uh, canonized Serbian saint, uh, who, uh, if you ever have a chance to read any of Saint Justin, I highly recommend that you read him. But Metropolitan Amphilohe had been one of his spiritual sons and students. So he was not only very intelligent, theologically articulate, but he was also very pious. This evening, when we have commemorations on Wednesday night, we're always singing Vespers for Thursday. And you have probably noticed, and I've pointed out multiple times, the commemoration for Thursday, as we have a cycle every week, every day has a particular commemoration, is for the Apostles. And we've been reading uh, in the daily lectionary the epistle to the Colossians. And you have throughout the Pauline epistles, uh, especially in Ephesians uh, and Colossians, you have a very heavy discourse, deep theology at the beginning of Ephesians and Colossians, especially underlining the first principle of Christian theology, that Jesus Christ, as the Son of God, is the, the cornerstone, the foundation, uh, where all things cohere, the reason why things exist, period, according to Paul and Colossians. But that is not the end of the letter. That would be like having a graduate seminar on theology and churchmen, everybody saying, okay, that's great. Paul then shifts, and at the end of his epistles, he always talks uh, practically. And in Colossians, the reading for today was, how does it flesh out if all of creation, everything that exists, is for Jesus Christ? What does that mean if I'm a husband? What does that mean if I'm a wife? What does that mean if I'm a child? What does that mean, how do I relate to my employers, etc.? That the de great depths of theology has a very, very practical outcome in the way in which we live our lives. The reading for tomorrow is then Paul talking uh, about our use of our time, that we pray, that we redeem the time that is given to us, and that we do so so that we can engage with the world and the questions that come from the world, that question our faith, uh, that looks to us to be lights in the world, even if they don't know that they're looking for light, but we are to be that light shining in the world. Metropolitan Antilohe, in his apostolic responsibility as a bishop of Metropolitan, uh, displayed both of these. He authored many books. He was a great articulator of the gospel, a great leader for the Serbian people. Uh, Father Stephen was sharing with me that Metropolitan Antilohe was accompanying uh, the Patriarch of Serbia when they came to beg uh, the Congress here to not bomb Serbia back in the early 90s uh, because the church had a great influence and they were saying please just give us the, the, the chance to be able to try and correct this internally to ourselves but if you know history that's not what happened um, 
The Metropolitan Amphilohe, the story that got around very quickly as a friend of mine, uh, we worked very closely with the hierarchs there because we were basically the chaperones. We were saying, okay, all 30 of you, 40 of you bishops of Roma from Romania, that was my responsibility. You all now need to get on a bus and we're going to take you to eat. So that was something to try and herd 40 bishops around. Um, it's like 40 cats because everybody has their own idea what they're going to do. But Metropolitan Philohe, before the synod, um, his driver, who we had different conversations with, um, he wanted to be dropped off at the monastery for the evening because he had a great decision whether or not the serving church was going to join in the synod. And the driver said, okay, when do you want me to pick you up? And the Metropolitan said, well, I'll call you when I would like to be picked up. The driver never got the call, but he got up when his alarm went off in the morning and he came by the church, the monastery that was there, close to where the meeting was, the synod was. And Metropolitan Amphilohe came out of the church and then got into the car and took him back for a little bit and then came back. And it dawned on the driver that Metropolitan Amphilohe had spent the entire evening in the church praying for the decision that he had to make that was going to decide what the Serbian church was going to do. In his deep piety, he had the head knowledge, but he also displayed deep heart wisdom, a heart that needed to be aligned to God. An actual, an entire night in vigil for the sake of one decision. And it's a challenge for us, oh, I'll say it's a challenge for me, I don't even have to include any of you, to, for me to be in prayer for more than maybe five, ten minutes, Maybe 30 minutes, I'm like a rock star for having tried to pray for something. But to spend an entire evening in prayer, not drawing attention to himself. It wasn't like he turned on some live feed and, you know, he's sitting there watching him pray. But he did it quietly, silently, and he did it because he had a great responsibility. So with our own responsibilities as husbands, as wives, as children, as employees or employers, or whatever place or station we have in life, we have responsibilities and we have things that we need to be deeply prayerful about. Maybe things that require an entire evening of us dedicated in prayer to ask for enlightenment, to ask for wisdom, to ask for the heart that we need in order to shine forth around us the glory of our God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.